Listeners, everybody else that listens a little bit later, we welcome you uh, to our study. The point of the study is to apply God's word to our lives. Uh, the point of this study is to live as fully devoted followers of Christ. Uh, the point of this study is to give you things to share with others. Uh, we are not to just be sponges taking in. Uh, you know, you, you put water in a sponge, usually it's it's for a purpose. You're going to wash your car. You're going to wash the shower. You're going to wash something. Uh, and the water is going to get squeezed through that sponge. It's meant for application. And the same way in 
in our lives. If Don't just be a sponge that takes in, but be a sponge that takes in, and then, then what comes into you gets poured out uh, and used for gospel purposes. Every one of you having something now to share every day with somebody else that you know might be another believer that you're encouraging in their walk, or it might be um, somebody with whom you get to share Christ. And our prayer would be that the Lord would embolden us and it would encourage us and would give us opportunities to share Christ with others. We're going to be looking at that this morning here in Acts chapter 2. Before I get there, I've got a bag here I want to show you. And uh, just to kind of highlight just for a moment, this little bag, let me get a smaller one out of here. This is called Mandazi, and it's tasty. I made this up last night. You dunk it in your coffee like I'm doing here. Hmm. This is like a staple in Africa. Mmm. Very tasty. I feel like I'm back in South Sudan. Hmm. Why am I eating this in front of you? I'm going, hmm. Not at all, Claire. Flour, sugar, baking powder, um, yeast, and vegetable oil. That's what this is. Little Mandazi's. Tasty, tasty, tasty. Now, I'm going to eat this last piece. Mmm. Mmm. Again, I feel like I'm back in Kenya uh, or South Sudan. Um, Sunday night at 6 o'clock, I'll be sharing my report about the trip to Turkey and South Sudan and Kenya. I'll be serving Mandazi coffee and tea. And so if you are able to be there, you can taste some Mandazi. Uh, you know, I probably, if I were smart, I would record this and uh, broadcast this uh, if I were smart. So I, I will try to make sure on some form, because people like Priscilla cannot be there, and uh, I, I would love for you to hear about it. So it will be there uh, online. Somehow, some way, we will make sure that this is on. I guess I'll move move the meeting upstairs and do it upstairs. Uh, but the, the full report about the trip, and uh, that is Sunday night, served with coffee, tea, and mandazi. So um, if you're able to be there, we'd love to have you be there. If you bring other people, I mean, if, if you would bring friends, uh, I will make it a gospel event as well. Uh, if you bring friends that might be interested in saying, wow, you know, I, I, would, I would give 10 bucks or I'd give 100 bucks to help that church. Let me tell you, uh, they, uh, they do a lot with a little bit of money over there, a lot. And, uh, you'll, you'll hear about that. So Sunday night, 6 PM, 
uh, coming from Brassy Chapel, Mandazi Coffee Tea, uh, and the report about the trip to both uh, uh, Turkey and to um, and to uh, South Sudan. So be there uh, if you can. Uh, if you want the recipe to Mandazi, I can send it. Just you can Google it. Actually, you can YouTube it and look for four ingredient Mandazi, or you can look for the ones that have more ingredients. Probably just a little bit more tasty. But South Sudan, they don't have access to all those ingredients. They can get sugar, they can get flour, uh, they can get oil. So that's what they use in South Sudan to make the Mandazi. Um, now, let's get into the text. I've already given the, uh, and, and anybody that watches this later on, if you watch it after Sunday night, uh, go back to Veracity Chapel's Facebook page where you're probably watching this or YouTube page uh, and look for... Uh, a South Sudan report. I think that's probably what I will call it, and uh, you can you can check it out there uh, if you cannot be there at six o'clock on Sunday night. Acts chapter two. Let's jump in there. Now, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And I just want to stop there for a moment and talk about the day of Pentecost because I think that there are probably lots of Christians who think day of Pentecost that is. Uh, you know, that, that's some New Testament thing. Uh, and there are a lot of Christians that way. I mean, I was one of those people that did not understand the, the various different Jewish feasts. But let me talk about that for, for just one moment uh, and just, just exactly what it was, what it is. Uh, it's an Old Testament feast. Uh, feast of Pentecost, Shavuot. Uh, is the name you would hear, Shavuot, uh, has other names, the Feast of Weeks, uh, the Feast of Harvest, uh, the Feast of Latter First Fruits. It was celebrated on the 50th day after Passover. So if you go back to that Thursday night prior to Easter and then count from there 50 days, that would be Pentecost. That's how that works. Uh, Shavuot is traditionally a joyous time of giving thanks, presenting offerings for the new grain of the summer wheat uh, and the harvest in Israel. That is what is still celebrated today. Uh, it, it's one of the three major agricultural festivals. It's the second great feast of the Jewish year, Passover, Pentecost. And, and so there would be lots of believers, uh, not believers, sorry, there would have been lots of Jews in Jerusalem around the Pentecost time. And uh, uh, and so the timing of when Acts chapter 2 takes place is something that God had kind of foreplanned. He's like, okay, there's lots of people there for Passover, crucifixion, lots of people there in Jerusalem for uh, Pentecost. I'll send the Holy Spirit. So that's kind of how that flows out. Uh, there, there are pilgrimages. Shavuot is one of the three major pilgrim feasts when the Jewish males were required to appear before the Lord in Jerusalem. Uh, it's a harvest festival, uh, usually celebrated in May or in June. Uh, I will have to look it up and see just when in May I'm likely to be already in Israel. I might be there actually for for the feasts uh, of Pentecost. I haven't haven't considered that until this morning. Uh, 
You know, there's a theory that says Jews customarily eat dairy foods such as cheesecakes and cheese uh, blintzes on Shavuot. Uh, is that is the law? Uh, is that the law was compared to milk and honey in the Bible? Uh, there's the traditional decorating with greenery on Shavuot, representing uh, the, the the greenness of harvest, and Torah's reference to the tree of life. Um, because Shavuot falls around the end of the school year, it's also a time for holding Jewish confirmation celebrations. So uh, the Feast of Weeks, it's called that because God commanded in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 through 16, to count seven full days, 49 days, beginning on the second day after Passover, and then present offerings of new grain to the Lord as a lasting ordinance. So Pentecost derives its name from the days meaning 50. So initially a festival for expressing thankfulness to the Lord for the blessing of the harvest. And because it concurred at the conclusion of Passover, it acquired the name latter first fruits. Uh, it's tied to the Ten Commandments and bears the name uh, Matan Torah or the giving of the law. Jews believe it was precisely at this time that God gave the Torah to the people through Moses on Mount Sinai. So so it has all that to it, and so we understand more fully uh, that that it's a, quite a bit more comprehensive than, you know, oh, it's just a day that the Holy Spirit was sent. When you understand it from Old Testament perspective, from Jewish perspective, these are always a time of uh, of observation, always a time of reflection, and often, as in this case, hey, God, thank you so very, very much for all the provisions that you have given to us. Um, and uh, so it can be a quite uh, festive time. In the Jewish people, I, I was talking to somebody the other day uh, about Jewish worship and, and, you know, Jewish people, how they dance. And what I saw with, with my Indian brothers and sisters, India, like India, you know, uh, when I was over in Turkey, and, and oh my, how they danced, and you listen to their music, it doesn't sound anything like our music, but it has lots of movement to it, lots of action to it, and, you know, that, that's one more reason why I say, you know, uh, for people who are all bound up in King James uh, and in the hymns, uh, God has richly given us so many languages, and the Bible's been translated into so many languages from the original languages, uh, and the music styles of, of, of the various cultures all get to play out. So people, that, that is a response that you can give to somebody that, that wants to, you know, always, we have to have hymns or we have to have King James and say, what about the translations in Spanish or in Mindanao or in the, the, the various languages in Papua New Guinea or what about the Filipino dialects or what about you know, all those different things that you could do say to people, what about French? Uh, what about German? I mean, do those not count? Absolutely they do. God is so much bigger and uh, th than those limitations, and those are just good answers. Or, or just to shake your head and smile at those people who say such um, limited things. I was going to say ludicrous. I guess I just did say ludicrous, but limited things. Uh, and just smile and shake your head and just nod and think, what small thinking? Anyway, I've said it publicly. There you go. So here's Claire commenting the Philip uh, in the Philippines. They have more than a hundred dialects. 
And I experienced that in South Sudan uh, through my interpreters that there were there was a uh, Arabic, English that I was speaking, uh, and then there were various uh, tribal dialects taking place. I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to go off camera for just a moment and turn off my mic. Only one, so I'm back. Let's get into the text here. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, like the sound of a blow, the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Uh, now, let's just stop right there. We'll, we'll no, let me not stop there. I'll come back to it. Let me keep going. It says, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each of them heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not these the men who were, uh, are, are not, try it again, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, uh, Pontus, uh, Asia, uh, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya near Cyrene, uh, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Arabs. We hear, hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? However, the scoffers, some of them, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Well, wine doesn't make you speak in another language, friends. It doesn't have that effect. The Holy Spirit has that effect. Now, let's just go back up to the top of this uh, and, and just think about it. Suddenly, uh, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. I mean, we're... We're thinking like tornado, hurricane. I mean, that, you think of a violent wind, you think of something with that type of, of ferociousness to it. The blowing of a violent wind from heaven filling the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be the tongues of fire. Now, let's just talk about the sound. It doesn't necessarily that, they, they, that the, the shades on the windows all blew. It could have. Uh but it was the, definitely the sound, this roaring sound. Uh, maybe it was the sound of a train. They say that when when a, a tornado is approaching, it sounds like a, a freight train that is coming. Maybe that was the sound. We, we don't know. Uh, but what we do know is there was this sudden sound, sudden violent sound of a blowing wind coming. And it says, from heaven, it's coming from the sky. It doesn't say that it destroyed anything. It doesn't say that it blew anything around. But it says this sound filled the whole house where they were sitting. I just want to ask a question. Do we desire a work of the Holy Spirit like this? I do. Some people say, well, we don't need to. We have the Bible. We have, well, you know what? Yes, I. but I, I want to see the Bible. And I believe the Bible is powerful. It is quick, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. I believe in the public reading of Scripture. I, I I believe that, you know, if you share Scripture with somebody, it will be powerful. I believe in God's promise to himself in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 11 and 12, 
where God says, uh, as the, 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 the rains and the snows come down from heaven and, and do upon the earth what I have decreed, so my word that goes out from my mouth will not return to me void, but will accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. I believe in, in Hebrews chapter 4.12 that talks about how the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. I believe those things, absolutely believe those things. But I also believe that when that word gets supernaturally supercharged, turbocharged, if you will, by the working of the Holy Spirit in the presence of the people who are there, incredible things will happen. I think we should pray for that type of work of the Holy Spirit. I absolutely think, you know, so we're, we're praying about Aunt Matilda's uh, broken toe. God bless Aunt Matilda's broken toe. Nothing wrong with praying for Aunt Matilda's bro- broken toe. But friends, when we would come into the church facilities, our church or whatever church you attend, if we would come in with prayerfulness and with this desire to see and to to experience the work of the Holy Spirit in the way that we see in Acts chapter 2, I believe that absolutely incredible things will happen. What do we do? We come in and we, you know, we and, and I, this might sound negative, I'm just trying to redirect us. You know, uh, we come in and listen to the song, or you come in and read the bulletin, or we come in, and I see people, we need to quiet ourselves before the Lord. How about be prayerful before the Lord? How about to get with some people sitting around you as you're sitting and say, let's pray for God to do something here today that is just absolutely stunning. You know, to me, to me, yes, Claire, he will. Uh, to me, uh, and, and that's to the comment, my question is, will God do this in our time? Uh, did we have evidence already in our days? I, I, you can read missionary story after missionary story after missionary story. Uh, they're there about the Holy Spirit being present and active as the word of God is being proclaimed uh, and, and and people being saved. The other thing you, you can read about, and this, this comes from missionaries that were serving with societies that would be non-charismatic, the healings and things that just happened. They weren't asking for it. They weren't looking for it. They weren't having a healing service, but God did things. God showed up in other places of the world. What's happened to us, I believe, in America is that we put God into a theological box, and, and, and he's not free to move. Uh, and, and I'm not, not the theological box that we call the Bible. We have created three theological boxes. We have created theological boxes uh, based on our systematic theology. And for the record, I love systematic theology. And for the record, I love biblical theology. And, and I, But this type of act we read right here in the book of Acts, God has done these things in our days. And... Uh, 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 and continues to do these things in, in our days. Um, in, in other places of the world, I believe we don't see it here. And, and, but what's happened is we've limited ourselves because we've had bad experiences. Claire, don't don't limit yourself because you or your family have had bad experiences. There are bad people out there. Uh, listen, if they're telling you you have to speak in tongues to be spiritual, uh-uh, it's not true. Never done it, and I believe I'm quite spiritual. Uh, if they do, okay, fine. Don't have to do that. You don't have to be charismatic. You don't have to be Pentecostal. None. I'm not talking about any of those things. I'm talking about where God shows up. Revival, spiritual. Why do we even pray for revival and spiritual awakening if you're not believing in a move of God in some way that goes beyond what we normally experience? I am praying for that. I would pray for that for the, for the um, Okay, here's Claire saying, I experienced it on Sunday. There you go. <laughs> there, there's, there's an answer right there. It's in the comments. I'll, I'll put the comments right here on the screen. 
And those that were present on Sunday, I mean, you you heard, if you were present at Verassi Chapel, you heard Claire's verbal, uh, audible uh, outcries uh, and crying before the Lord. It happens, friends. It does. And saying, God, God convicting me of sins. And um, listen, I, I, I really believe that if our prayer focus would go beyond uh, and we should care. Don't don't hear me wrong. We should care for people's. We should be praying for Melody's healing. Absolutely. But there's bigger things that if we as a people would come together like they were coming together in Acts 1 that we were reading about yesterday and the day before that, the day before that, if we would be coming together as God's people prayerfully waiting on God, what may happen? Do we long for those bigger things to happen? Uh, that's my prayer. I, I praise God that you're sharing what you're sharing here, Claire. I, I, I just, I praise God for that. What if that were to fall upon a whole congregation? What if people who hold on to the back of their chairs or their pews, um, when the Holy Spirit is moving in their hearts and they're saying, I'm a mainer, I am not responding, I'm not going to show my surrender. I'm a Christian already. I don't need to show my surrender. Well, guess what? Maybe you do. Maybe that's part of our issue. Maybe we pride ourselves in being mainer. I don't want to pride myself being a mainer. I can't pride myself in being a mainer because I'm not a mainer. I've lived here a number of years, but I will never be a mainer because I wasn't born here. What if we prided ourselves on being citizens of the kingdom of God? What if, what if that was what and I'm not saying pride, like, look at me. I'm, but no, it's like, what an incredible opportunity. What an incredible joy to be a part of the kingdom of God. That's, that's what we're part of. And, and, and to make that the thing that, that is, is so big and so exciting and so wonderful in our lives and to be prayerful for something like this to happen. Now, friends, you didn't expect me to be preaching this morning. I'm preaching. Uh, I'm going to finish this section of scripture in the next three or four minutes, five minutes. Let me, let me get back into it there. Prayerful for this to happen. Uh, verse 3, it talks about uh, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated. I don't care if we see it or don't see it. I, I, I just I want the Holy Spirit to be present in such an absolutely undeniable way in our church and in the churches in the area. And, you know, we don't have to go bashing the culture around us. We need to go exalting Jesus Christ. Because he doesn't say when you go out and bash culture, I'm going to draw men to me. No, the Bible says when we lift up Christ, he will draw all men to himself. And may that be the case. But may we desire this. And it says, verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues or languages. That is the word, glossolalia. Uh, and it, and then it, it the context itself bears out. We They had people from all over the place Verse 9, the Parthians, the Medes, the Eliamites, the, those from Mesopotamia, uh, those from Judea, those from Cappadocia, those from Pontus, uh, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, to think about Egypt and that part of Africa being present, Libya, you know, uh, people from Rome. And these people are all hearing, sorry about the extra noise, Bucky came awake, um, all these people that were Jews that had come to Jerusalem for Shavuot 
Uh, and now they're hearing the gospel proclaimed with joy and with power in their own language, and they were absolutely, utterly amazed. And they declared in verse 11 this. Uh, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? What does it mean? I mean, friends, let, let's pray for our community, Moral, for Belmont, for Belfast, for Waldo, for Montville, for Sears Mont, for Sears Port, for North Port, uh, for liberty, for freedom, for for Brooks. Just just keep going from there to pray. Let's pray for Don's town. We need to pray that Don would have a, a church in his town that would meet his needs. Not that we don't love Don. We do. We, we love Don. We actually, he's part of our family. Uh, Lincolnville. There you go. Thanks, Amy, for, for adding Lincolnville. That's the next town over from where I am. Absolutely. What if we prayed that for Reedville? Oh, Lord, would you show up in a, in a marvelous way? Would you show up in, in, in all these communities that I've just mentioned? Lancaster, we think, oh, Lancaster is such a church place. There's so many people in Lancaster County that don't know Christ. Lord, would you show up in a powerful way in the churches of Lancaster? Would you show up in a powerful way in the churches of Waldo County? Would you show up in a powerful way at the National Day of Prayer all around the United States this year? Would you show up in a powerful way in, in our own lives today, Lord. We, we're surrendered. Would you work in us? And uh, here, here's another testimony coming in here. A couple testimonies. I, I put those up on the screen. And, and Lord, here our prayer that, that goes along with these testimonies. Nell saying, when we come together on Sundays, we come together to honor and worship God for who he is, what he has done in our lives. We don't come together for us, but for him. Preach it, sister. Preach it. Yes, I'm telling a sister to preach it. I would say that to you too, Claire. Um, big difference between me saying to you, preach it, and saying, anyway. And then Walter saying, I experienced a different pouring uh, out of the Holy Spirit when I was in Guatemala when worshiping with believers there. Ask Jacob about that. I experienced a different pouring out uh, uh, among the believers from all around the world when I was in Turkey. Oh, God, do that in our day. Make us passionate for you. Make us prayerful for you. Help us to lead the way even in our church and in churches that we participate in, wherever they may be, to be prayerful and to ask others to be prayerful with us as the services, before the services begin on Sunday mornings. Lord, bring, bring that sense of, of desire and passion among your people. We pray for the glory of Jesus in Jesus' name, and as Fran says, Lord, hear our prayers. Amen. Friends, that's a wrap for that section today. Uh, pray for me. I'll be going on the radio up in Bangor today recording, and uh, that will get broadcast, I think, next Friday night. Have a great day, everyone.